Welcome back, everyone, to the TNT Podcast, where today we'll have a special guest, Jose Lopez. But before we get into things with him, I want to give a shout-out to Luke Brown. He goes to Campbell High School. He's uh, with Penn Live. He's a reporter. I want to give him a shout-out because he's been making some new flyers for us, some new poster boards for when we have our interviews that will come out with it, some cool designs. And then the next shout-out I want to give to is Julian Nestor. He's at HCAP Cuts. If you ever need a haircut, Look him up on Booksy at Humble Cuts, Julian, or you can look up his Instagram. Now, back to what we came here to listen to. We got Jose Lopez on the podcast today. Welcome, Jose. What's good? Thanks for having me. Yes, sir. So first, we can run down your high school stats. You're the leading rusher in Middletown history. You got the most rushing yards. For total, you had 750 carries for 6,197 yards and 75 touchdowns total. Your junior season... You had 286 carries, 2,363 yards, and 28 touchdowns. And then as a senior, you had 219 carries for 1,745 yards and 20 touchdowns, which then after your senior campaign, you went on to Albany University, which your senior year was a little bit different with COVID striking. You didn't have a senior prom, if I'm not mistaken. Your graduation was different. And then you go to college where COVID first happened. You didn't really have a first two regular years but then last season you played in eight games had 29 attempts for 95 yards and a touchdown so I mean first we can start is uh, I mean high school you look at your high school resume I mean you had this you had the stats you had the touchdowns the yards I mean you had 2,363 yards your junior year I mean that is that is crazy but the main one that you are I mean you're the Rushing leader in Middletown. How did it feel break uh, breaking the Middletown rushing record? Um, honestly, uh, like you guys said, uh, I broke the state champion. I had broke that record in the state championship game my uh, junior year playing Aliquippa. So it was like a bittersweet moment because you know, uh, sadly we lost. And um, me personally, I never really cared too much about those like individual accolades because I just feel like the thing I wanted most didn't happen, which was to win a state championship game. So. But um, it's a huge blessing to be able to have that record, and I definitely uh, don't give myself enough credit for it. Yeah, I mean, it's it, for you definitely like how hard you work. You're always about the next goal, the next, the next milestone, the next step. But when you like look at all the the running backs that came here, I mean, you had Rodney Ramsey who had it. You had Jalen Thompson and Brady, and then for you to come to come and break it, it's definitely an underlooked record that I know you don't give yourself much credit for, but it's definitely a, lot, <laughs> a great model nah, of life. No, nah, it definitely is. Yeah, I mean, like you had said, the dudes uh, who uh, were in the program before me, I mean, kudos to them. They were all great backs. I looked up to dudes like Rodney, Jalen, even Brady Fox, you mean? Um, those were all complete dogs, and it's just a blessing to be able to have my name uh, up there with those uh, great running backs. So the next question that we can hit on, um, I mean, you had a, a crazy high school experience um, with, I mean, COVID cutting your year sh- uh, short, like no uh, senior prom. I know the graduation was a little bit different, but like out of your whole high school career, what was your most memorable moment? Um, if we're talking football wise, uh, I honestly want to say it was my first uh, varsity high school touchdown. Um, it was just a moment I feel like I can never really uh, lose sight in my head. It was homecoming against Camp Hill. Um, I remember getting this jet sweep and breaking a tackle and running up the visitor sideline. And I had felt someone like on my heels. Um, and it just so happened to be Zach Kuntz. And it's just an ironic and 
always a funny moment to look back at because, you know, he's in the NFL. Um, and I felt him diving, trying to trip me up, but I just kept on running. And just hearing the crowd, Middletown's crowd, I mean, you know, you mean, you, you, you played. And it's always just an electrifying feeling just hearing that crowd and in those metal stands. I don't know if the voices echoed against the bleachers or what, but um, it was definitely something I feel like I can never really forget. It felt so surreal doing it at the high school level coming straight up from the youth club, being 14 years old. So um, those are definitely for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, re I remember the days when I was a little kid running around at, on Susquehanna Street watching you at Pony Midget. I mean, you were a beast there, beast now. Um, your grandpa always used to be in the corner with his water jug ready for you to go. This is the, <laughs> this is, I'm going to throw a little bit of a curveball at you. Um, well, for many of you guys that don't know Jose, um, his grandpa is – Definitely Jose's biggest role model. I mean, he's always looked up to him. You were very close with your grandpa, probably the closest I've ever seen someone else be with someone. Um, I know that was your rock. Um, he died from cancer um, a couple years ago. Um, but what do you think his most memorable moment was when he watched you? What do you, from your whole high school career, if you could pick one thing that, like, that was his most memorable moment seeing you do, what do you think that was? Um, he was definitely beyond excited uh, when we won our three-peat district championship uh, playing Bermuda Springs out in uh, Calico, was it? Or I forget where it was. Africa? It was some blue and white team. Was that, I, it might have been Cedar Crest. Yeah, Cedar Crest. That's yeah. exactly what it was. Yeah, I knew, I knew it was blue and white. But, um, yeah, I just he was sick at the time. Um, and I just remember afterwards he just wanted to keep taking pictures and holding up the three. <laughs> he just he was just so happy man the, the smile from cheek to cheek um he was definitely just happy and he just said you know now it's on for the state chip you mean but that was definitely probably his uh happiest moment for me was seeing that and that I mean that can take us into like our next point getting three district championships is is kind of crazy and you were a part a part of them um I mean after winning after going back to back I bet Dallas was but then repeating it like what was that like man we felt on top of the world I'm not gonna lie but the the proofs in the pudding I mean we we were working hard you know um the coaching staff did a good job of keeping guys coming in uh throughout Middletown just evolving their roles and just having people buy into the program so it's it's really a big um shout out to the coaches uh the staff that we had at the time um a lot of the coaches had left but you know, those dudes don't get enough credit for how they were helping us um, as young men become uh, mature young men. So um, that was definitely dope, though, to, to get that three-peat and just to be able to make history like that. Yeah, and then, and then it's definitely – it's definitely credit to the players as well. I mean, you guys, you guys kept the culture going. I'm kidding. I mean, even when we like when I was a junior and a senior, we made it to the district championship. We didn't complete it, but then senior year we lost in the uh, district semis. So we're like we're always up there, and, and that goes back to the culture that the players and the coaches have set a couple years ago when you were playing, when uh, Brady and Jay Lynn were up there, and Trey and all them. That's like yeah. the culture, and you hope to see it back. Uh, you didn't have a season last year, but you hope that those guys can bring the culture back, which I think they will. No, I hope so, yeah. The, um, like you had said, the coaching staff, uh, they always did a good job of helping leading us. And then we got a whole different coaching staff with some familiar faces, some old players, so like your big brother, Trey. You know, I'm glad he's on the staff, Coach Ortiz. Um, Mr. Govern, you know, he seems like a real smart and knowledgeable man when it comes to um, football and just how to bring people together. So um, I'm excited to see what these uh, young guys got. Um, they're definitely real young. Um, 
and that's something that's going to help them along the way. Yeah, them being really young, is, I, I think that's when they're junior and seniors, they're going to be like – I mean, we went through the tough struggles when we were when we were sophomores. So this is like this is nothing for us. Uh, you seen that happen with the basketball team, and I was on it. Uh, we started out three and eighteen, seven and fourteen. But we were all yeah. young. We we're getting that experience, and then we we were able to turn it around. So hopefully, they'll be able to do that. No, I agree. What was the toughest game that you've ever played in, in your life? Um, that was actually a good question. I mean, I want to say I'll equip in the state championship, but I honestly can't say any other team other than uh, McDevitt. My junior year, we played them at home. It just seemed like nothing we did that um, was really working, and every I had it got called back. But um, it's cool because, you know, we got it back in blood the following year. So I mean, yeah, that, that would, that's got to take us into our next point. I mean, so you, you – you struggle against them your junior year. I mean, it's it's a tough game. It just this seems like nothing's going right at all. I mean, they they have some some firepower on their team, but then senior year you got well we um we went into McDevitt and we beat them six to two. I mean, a dog fight. It, it, dog I, fight. Like I never seen a defensive battle like that. What was that? Like? <laughs> no, no cap. I'm not gonna lie, that was just such an interesting game, and it was even more so a blessing that we came out victorious, obviously. But I just remember going into the game, and it was just gritty. And I was playing both um, both ways my senior year, heavily all year, um, not heavily, but so to be on the defensive side and just seeing how their offense operate and how we had to make those critical stops, vice versa, it was just um, give and take, you know, and um. There's a lot of critical situations that we made that we that allowed us to come on top of that game. So we're gonna get back to your younger years. I mean, you started playing football. What what inspired you to start playing football? Um, honestly, what inspired me to start playing football definitely was my grandfather. Um, he loved football, and I used to see how happy it made him watching his favorite team, which was the Eagles. Yeah. And I, I always used to tell myself, like, man, if he's this excited over the TV, I mean, I could, I could make him that happy in real life. So <laughs> um, I just kind of told him one day, like, hey, Grandpa, I think I want to play football. And he didn't even believe me. He thought I was, he thought I was bullshitting because, you know, I was a little soft little kid. And I started playing football around eight compared to, like, most of my friends that played at five or even four. So mm-hmm. um, he didn't even know I was going to stick through it. But once I started, I just never stopped. And as I got older, I realized I can utilize football into being a potential profession and a tool to allow me to go to school for free, So, um, which it has allowed me to do. Yeah. So when you started playing, did was how, how did it, what, like, right away, like you, like you mentioned, guys starting at five to six and then you started at eight. Uh, how, how was that? Um, I mean, it wasn't too much of a big change. Um, the blessing about being in boys club, youth club, Pop Warner, whatever people want to call it is, you're allowed to um, really learn the fundamentals of football, you know, and those early years when you start, I mean, this is before the, uh, I I feel like speed up of the youth uh, being really involved in sports. So like we would just go out there and run drills, a lot of tackling drills more so than anything. It felt like Oklahoma, you know, stuff like that. And it was really just, you get hit, you're going to feel it. You're going to get back up and you're going to get hit again, you know? So it's like be hit or get hit. Basically, yeah, and I, I think when you when you go and you look at little leagues today, like little league practices, I feel like you don't see that as much now. It's a lot of 
like you go there and dudes are just standing around and you're trying to run offensive plays like it's like midget in high school football. But nah, yeah. like that's that's what makes little league like that's what how you get better is you just doing drills the whole entire practice. And then you're at such a young age where if you get so good at those drills, you can run any play and go and dominate a little league football game. So like I know people want to win and they think, oh, we gotta run these plays over and over again. But you really don't. You gotta drill and get and get like really good at football before you can run plays. No, yeah, that's that's a hundred percent fact, and that's something that um a lot of coaches and um, organizations are doing now. They're installing those uh, small drill work that allows the athlete to get better in their individual position instead of just throwing them out there and just telling them to run this or do that. You know what I'm saying? Because you got to te- you literally got to start from scratch um, with a lot of with a lot of kids. Now in little league, you see you see some guys start out as quarterbacks, go to linemen in high school, uh, vice versa. Did you start out as a running back? Um, no, I actually didn't. Uh, when I started in Little League, I started as a peewee. So my first year, I actually started out playing tight end. And uh, once they started to see me running and seeing how fast uh, I was running, they evolved me to a running back um, going into my first year ponies. Yeah, and that's like that, – that's a struggle sometimes. Like, you know, some kids, they get really down when they're – a Smurf and a Pee Wee, and they're playing line, and they feel like they should be running back. And I mean, everyone wants to be quarterback, but you, there's only one quarterback. And you know, some of those bigger kids that eventually, when they get into high school, they're going to be dominant running backs. They're just bigger at a young age, so they're going to play linemen. And, and you see some kids get really discouraged with that. So it, I mean, it's good to hear you say that um, for some of these younger kids because you can see them like just hate the game. They go out there and they're huge, and they should be a running back. But I mean, at the Pee Wee level, if you're that big, you're going to be probably a lineman maybe or yeah. you just never know what position you're going to be and sometimes kids get discouraged yeah a lot of a lot of kids just need to understand and it, it's more so on their parents but when you're starting out at a young age you know some parents like to live through their um, kids or think their kids deserve more or need to be more than what they're what they're given or what they're um granted opportunity wise and you just gotta continue to race you know your kid will evolve to be whatever their coach will think they're going to be and best that to help the team. And that's what people forget about a lot is like football is a team sport. You know what I'm saying? You can be selfish as you want, but I mean, at the ultimate goal of them, they is to win. So yeah. however, you, however your, your, your um, kid can help the team win is what you should be banking on, allowing him to do and supporting on um, that, that thought. Yeah. So we can get into our, our next question. This is by far my favorite question. I know I'm going to get a good answer out of you. You're well-spoken. You're a leader in the weight room, off the field, in the classroom, and stuff like that. So this is one that I'm excited about. So how do your failures motivate you? Like, what is your mindset when you have, like, a, just a bad day in general or a bad game? Honestly, um, when I have a bad day or a bad game, uh, I really just try reflecting on the process that led me to where I am in that exact moment and see what I could do differently to cause those things not to happen again. Um, but on top of all that, I just try talking to God, truth be told. Um, at the end of the day, when something happens, there is no changing it. Like, literally, like, you cannot change the past. And if there's things that go on that's unsettling to me in any sort of way, I just let my frustrations and problems be known to him. And um, he always seems to make me feel at ease over time. Yes, yeah, that's, that's a great answer. I mean, you see you see it all over the world. Like, um, I mean, just – just look at everything like when the Kobe Bryant thing happened. Um, like no one expected that, but I, I bet a lot of people in the Bryant family they just went to God. They they had to look in the mirror and just I mean, you you often wonder why, why does stuff happen, but I mean everything happens for a reason. So you just gotta keep going with it and keep just trusting in God. 
No, I agree. I could have said it better, bro. So now we can get into the college aspect. Um, so, I mean, the first and, I mean, most important part, you're at Albany University. Why did you pick that school? Um, at the time, it seemed like the best fit and opportunity for me. Uh, as they were recruiting me, I was the only running back in my class that got offered um, at full ride. And the starting running back who was playing at the time would have graduated after my freshman year. But entering into my freshman year, as you stated, and as we all know, um, COVID had happened, which caused like a father time effect and granted people extra years of eligibility. So it changed a lot of things for everyone involved in college sports, including myself. But on top of that situation I was facing at the time, um, I thought the campus was beyond beautiful. They were really prestigious academically. And I mean, they were giving me a full ride scholarship. So that was the uh, end goal at the end of the day. And there were other schools that were doing the same, but uh, the opportunity at Albany at the time just seemed like the best fit for me. So since you've been there, I mean, being a, a student athlete, uh, being on a full ride scholarship, being at college, trying to get your degree, play football, division one, I, I mean, it's lots of hours. Uh, I know you go back soon for more workouts and practice and stuff. What are some of the challenges that you, like, face? Um, I honestly think my biggest challenge I faced in college was just learning to control what's controllable, which is, like, my energy, my effort, my drive, my mindset, et cetera. And just understanding, regardless of the circumstances that I was facing or what life was throwing at me, that, you know, everything is bigger than me. And I found myself at times, like, feeling sorry for myself in my head, thinking of what I'm doing, if it's enough, asking myself, what do I need to do to do more? And at the end of the day, there's only so much an individual can do. Um, you know, as an individual, if you're emptying the tank every day, you know if you're giving it your all and working to be the best version of you. And I got to a point where I was maxing out every day and still trying to convince myself I wasn't doing enough because of the situation I was in. So um, that whole time, I just had to understand some things are out of my and for me personally, I just had to learn to embrace the grind and not think of myself as coming up short because of me not being where I plan to be or accomplishing things I plan on accomplishing at where I'm at um, years of college and just taking everything day by day and understanding that uh, what's meant to be and leaving no doubt that I gave every bit of effort I had into my craft. Yeah, and like you said, it's just the control what you can control. Um, when I was a senior, we had all new coaches. Uh, Coach Ackery came in, uh, Scott Ackery, and the thing that he always said to me is because I was uh, after a loss. Um, I mean, I was the quarterback. I'm always trying to see what we could have done better as a team. What I could have, what I could have done better. Um, what plays we could have ran here, and and I was driving myself crazy. Um, and and all he had to say was just like. At the at point in life, you just gotta control what you can control. You can't you can't control what other people do in their life. If they if they're not watching film or if something's going bad in your day, you can't you can't control that. I mean, all you can control is what you do throughout your day, how hard you work, and and the results will come. Not precisely. Yeah, I couldn't have said it any better. So now we're we're gonna go into like your practice and workouts. Um, college is definitely a big step, especially Division One. Those those coaches are different up there. How hard are the practice and workouts, or like how how much of a change is the practice and workouts from high school? Um, honestly, the practices and workouts are slight. To be honest, like they're not the hardest. Um, I feel like the hardest part about college is um, fall camp, but that's what it's meant for. Um, 
and like I had said earlier, you kind of get out what you put in. So um, once you're at the collegiate level, you should have already been training yourself to be as ready as possible for whatever your said team has in store for you, if that makes sense. And um, some mornings definitely feel longer and tougher than others, but those are just the days that you have to dig in deeper. And the biggest thing with college compared to high school is really just managing your body and your free time. Make sure you're stretching, watching what you put into your body. Don't be up all night. And then the next day you got a 6 a.m. and expect that you're going to feel good in the morning because I promise you you're not. And just to get in the weight on the, tra <clears throat> the treatment room, um, even if you're not injured, because recovery is key. Yeah, um, you, you couldn't have said that any better. And and I, I think um, like one of the hardest parts that I hear from college athletes a lot also is is the mental health wise. It's like, yeah, I mean, there's days where in high school you have you have those days where like you don't want to practice at all, but you're around people that you grew up with, so yeah. I mean, they can get into. But when you first get there, your mental health can be a little challenging because you're all by yourself. Um, sometimes you're with no one that you ever met before. You're meeting new people, and you can see that take a toll on some college athletes. No, I <clears throat> I agree. Um, like I had, <clears throat> sorry. Like I had stated uh, earlier with my uh, challenges coming into college, the mental state is a big, big, big issue that's not addressed with enough athletes. And people don't understand the toll we do, we put in on the daily. We have to worry about school. We have to worry about our sport. We have to worry about our life, our family at home, that we're not around, you know. And it's it's it can be a little overwhelming at times, but, you know, we just got to continue to find ways to figure it all out. But the problem with that be sometimes we think we have it all figured out and we're slowly and unknowingly letting that affect us. And sometimes we just need that extra help, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but it's definitely good to get involved and, and um, get yourself surrounded around a group of people that understand you and know you and know when you're a little off and that you can just lean on your brother without even having to say something. That's the blessing about being at Albany. I've, I've met a lot of dudes that I can really consider family, you know, even though I met them for such a short period of time. I could consider them brothers. I've introduced them to my family, vice versa. And um, it's, it's nothing but love. And, and we just allow each other to pick up one another and, and, and carry each other's loads sometimes when, when we're not feeling at our best or at our peak. Yeah. And and like you were saying earlier in your answer, um, like when, you, when you're at college, you, you're worrying about your family all the time. You're worrying about school. And that's why, that's why I think the NIL is, is good for college. I mean, these athletes, you guys are – First of all, you guys are working hard because college athletes are working harder than any other people out there, I would say. I mean, your school, your, your full-time, two full-time jobs, basically, your school, sports. And that's why I think the NLIL is good because, I mean, you, you're getting money in your pocket. You need money in this world. And NIL brings money for some families and athletes so they don't have to worry about back home. They can provide for their family as well. No, I agree. Yeah, the NIL thing, and I see, I've seen it change um, people's lives. and people really do undertake uh, how much time we put into our crafts. Like people really do not. And I don't want to say everyone, because there's a lot of people that not only agree with NIL and think athletes deserve it, but understand what an athlete has to put through their bodies, their mental estate, their overall time. I mean, we're giving countless hours, not only to school, but to practices, to meetings on top of having to do homework, having to give ourselves time to sleep, um, prioritize our social life, prioritize meals. You know, it's it's a lot. And, and people don't yeah. um, give us enough credit for uh, what we do. But, you know, it's okay because that's why we do it. Yeah. So the next question that I'll get into is 
ever I, you might have had this you might have not um what was your like oh shit moment like this is college ball it's a little bit different from high school um the biggest difference from high school to college is definitely the speed of the game but on top of that is definitely the QB presence and how they spin that ball, man. I mean, <laughs> I always had decent hands, but college made me learn how to catch for real. I kid you not. Like, your eyes off the ball for one second, I promise you, it's hitting your and you, it's hitting you in your chest <laughs> or in your face mask, and it does not feel good. Yeah, but um, that was definitely the biggest difference. Um, the QB's arm strength, and another thing is like I'm not the tallest dude, man. Like I'm five nine and. It was definitely just going to school and seeing a bunch of ginormous people. Like when I'm home in the states, I'm around. You know, I just feel like I'm I'm average height. Like I'm I'm taller than most people, honestly. Yeah. And then I get to school, and it's just a bunch of freakishly tall dudes for no reason. But you know, um, God blesses us all in our own individual ways, man. And yeah. that's dope for them. So what are what are some of your goals for next year? Um, honestly, all my goals all stem down to winning. Um. The past couple of years, we haven't been doing the best record-wise. Um, going into my uh, sophomore season after COVID, we had uh, a real good defensive team, but not the best offensive team. Vice versa, this past year, we had one of the top-ranked offensive scoring teams in the CAA and then not the best defensive team. So um, this year, I'm really just trying to help my team any way possible to win be the best version of myself and be the best teammate I can be. I mean, we have such a talented group and we all just got to continue to buy in and bring the young dudes that came in. Cause you know, every year it's new faces, new transfers. And, and that's the, that's the, the, uh, the beauty and the, and the beast of, of collegiate football, collegiate sports in general, you know, you got dudes coming in and leaving coaches coming in and leaving and you got to have people gel into what you guys already started and what you're trying to continue to build and create. So, um, just looking forward to the season and, and winning some games, putting the, putting together a playoff run. Wow, that was a great answer. So, what did I mean? I know working hard. Uh, that that's probably like the biggest key. What do you believe? Other than working hard, is like the key the key to success in football. I believe the key to success in football and in life, honestly, even the main thing, the main thing. Um, this is about you know athletes, people that are just listening to the podcast or whatever they got going on. But if you have inspirations of going to the league or being a CEO or even having having a family and just being the best parent or partner you can be, you need to be de dedicated to that a thousand percent. And there's no days off. And that's not saying you can't go out and enjoy yourself and have fun, but there's just a fine line between understanding that there's a time and place for everything. And if you want to make things happen for yourself, you need to learn, like I learned at a young age, to separate yourself from those who don't have any real drive or want to do something more um, and go places in life. Um, people just need to surround themselves with people who have the same sort of ambition as you. And sometimes you may find yourself being alone and you just need to learn to be comfortable with that. And you can't bring everyone with you to the top. So ultimately, to be successful, you just need to put the work, put the work in and you, you'll get out um, what you put in. Jeez, yeah. So, next question. Uh, you've been you've been through a lot of coaches from Smurfs. I mean, well, never mind. You, you said you started at Pee Wee, so from Pee Wees to midgets, and then to high school ball because you skipped freshman and now in college. Which coach, like throughout your career, made a huge impact on you? 
Um, there were many coaches that impacted me throughout my youth club years as well as my high school years. But if I had to pick one coach from youth club and high school, it would have to be Coach T.R. Leach and Coach Brett Myers. Um, Coach T.R. was just such a role model to me growing up. Um, it was always more than just football for him, which made it mean more to me. And what I respected about him the most and still do is how family oriented um, he was on top of being such a hard worker. You know, like he would come. You know how them factories get, man. And, he, and he, he would come straight from working and come to deal with a bunch of bad little kids sometimes, you know what I'm saying? And, <laughs> and he would be nothing but optimistic and positive and just try bringing us along. And um, he positively impacted me greatly, as well as a bunch of other kids who needed that guidance and that extra push at times. And a lot of kids grow up without a good role model, um, a male role model at that. And it was a blessing to have a, a man like him uh, pave the way for me and countless other kids. And I, I can say the same with Coach Myers. Um, he was just someone who I could count on beyond football. He was um, involved with me and my family and genuinely just cared for my well-being. And to this day, I talk to both of them um, anytime I see them or get in contact with them. And that just goes to show how important they are to me because um, it's a lot of people throughout my life that I thought that would be there damn near forever. And, you know, not a lot of people are around. But I, I, I honestly can't forget to mention my guy, Jamie Pugh, Coach Cat and BJ, as well as Coach Green. Um, all those dudes have a big impact on my life, and I could talk about them for hours, but, you know, I'm going to let the questions keep rolling. <laughs> what, does, um, what does your future look like with football, and uh, what are you majoring in down at Albany? Um, I'm majoring in communications with a minor in business. Uh, I'm going to be a senior academically this upcoming fall. Uh, but I have two years of eligibility after this upcoming season. So I plan on using my remaining years to get my master's in and just see what I can shake up with the years I got left. What do you, um, what do you plan to do with communications? Um, I honestly don't really need a major um, for what I want to do um, in life post-football. Uh, I'm getting into real estate and property management. So um, having that major, let alone – the degree from Albany is uh, my plus one, honestly, because um, I'd have to take a real estate test, which is has nothing to do with college. But um, that's what I plan on doing with uh, my degree. Yeah, that's great. So, I mean, I know when you were in high school, you were the like the kids looked up to you a lot. Um, I know kids still do look up to you a lot. Uh, hopefully some like young athletes, even in high school, are listening to this. Um, so what advice would you give to the young athletes out here? Um, my best advice that um, I could give to the younger athletes is to just stay patient and um, ultimately just run your own race. Uh, don't look at the next athlete or the next person trying to compare yourself to them. Just you're your own unique self, you know, and to embrace the grind. Um, the journey of success is really not easy at all. And people don't give enough people credit for the hard work they have to put in. But um, ultimately, it will make you a strong, independent and hardworking individual the outcome. And the biggest thing for me that I had to learn and that I that I want to preach to the youth is just don't lose yourself in trying to prove to anybody that you are who you know you are. Um, my granddaddy used to always tell me opinions are like assholes and everybody got one. So um, just don't let opinions dictate how you operate and forever stay true to yourself and never forget your why. Yeah, I mean, running, running, your, own, running your own race, that caught me. Like, because and, – and we live in a world where – I mean, kids are so like so-called kids are getting scholarships at a, at a young age and and then you see you see other guys out there 
who are juniors that they're out there grinding every day, but they're just not get the offers aren't there yet. And you see them starting to question that this is something they want to do and stuff like that. And that's just the world that we live in. But you, but you see kids get discouraged from that. Now, yeah, kids, kids nowadays go through a lot at times um, when it comes to recruitment and whatnot. Um, We live in a fast, fast, fast evolving world. And ever since COVID, I mean, honestly, it's changed the game of recruiting kids that are going into college, kids that are in college. And yeah, I I had to learn that not even the hard way, but you know, you honestly just got to continue to stay true to you, man. And and, and don't go against the grain. Um, You really just need to understand if this is what you want to do. If anything in life is what you want to do, you need to do it. Full head of steam, 100%, 365 days a year. Like, it's, it's no half in, half out, because if you're in the middle of anything in life, you, you're going to fall off. And then the last question to round this up, I think I know the answer to this. Uh, who is your biggest role model, and just why is he? Um, My biggest role model is 100%, hands down, my grandfather. Um, He's done nothing but work hard his whole life. Um. He came from Puerto Rico into the um, United States, found a small town called Middletown, and uh, we just decided to stay there ever since. And he just installed so many lessons into me that I could talk for days about. And they're lessons that you don't even realize as a young kid, and you're a little ignorant at times, and I was ignorant, and I don't even want to say disobedient, but I wish I would have just listen to more of what he was trying to tell me then instead of trying to figure it out myself. But, you know, um, everything happens for a reason and he's forever my shepherd and um, leading the way through, um, through the clouds. So uh, I'm beyond blessed to be able to have had him in my life for the uh, time I did. And, you know, uh, he's definitely, he's definitely that one. That's a great answer, Jose. Uh, Jose, I thank you for coming on here. I thank you for being one of my best friends grow up in my life. Thank you for coming on the podcast, giving your knowledge. I mean, you're well-spoken. You're a great role model for a lot of these high school athletes, younger guys in this world today. Thank you. No problem, bro. I love you, bro. I appreciate love you too. Talk to you.